to Freshly Forever, a podcast that gives you fascinating insights week after week. Here's your host, Vai Kumar. Welcome to another episode on Podcast Freshly Forever. Our guest, Emma Fishman, is the staff photographer at Bon Appetit magazine. Her work focuses on food, people, and product skills. Emma has freelance for companies like Bragg's Vinegar, Super Coffee, and Atlanta Magazine. She loves helping bring her clients' visions to life as she was initially a visuals editor. She's always excited to work collaboratively and enjoys meeting new, creative, and talented people. And welcome, Emma, to the show. Hi, thank you. Okay, it appears you were exposed a lot to art since you were very young. Emma, can you talk about how, as a family, you guys approached it all? Yeah, so my parents, from since I was born, have collected um photography, mostly contemporary, like 60s onward. And I feel like we definitely weren't like normal families. Like we would always go to museums. My parents knew like everyone at the art galleries. And I feel like as a kid, we were actually all talking about this the other day. As a kid, I think I was just absorbing it. But also, you know, I wanted to be like at Disney World where all my friends were. And, you Uh know, I feel like now I can see what a special experience that was. And I really think that we were absorbing it. My sister too is, um, she's a publicist for artists. So like, Mm -hmm. obviously somewhere along the way it clicked for the two of us. Um, so yeah, I, you know, my dad would always just like show me books on different people. And I think from an early age, I was like, I'm going to go to school to be a photographer. Like once I figured out that you didn't have to be like in business or marketing, like that was actually a career. I was really excited because I was in high school and I was like, wait, I can actually have a fun job that I enjoy. Um, I thought that was really cool for an option. Yeah, the fact that you could do something different and not be like a cookie cutter, you know, (laughs) whatever the rest of the friends were doing. Yeah, that's awesome. So you talked about visiting museums and... uh, the collections that the family kind of, you know, uh, uh, brought with. So what prompted an interest in photography? I feel like my dad really pushed it, not in a bad way, but he, I think that he, he saw that I was interested, you know, he gave me all of his old cameras. We would, you know, take photos together. And I feel like in, the third maybe the third grade I entered a reflections program Mm -hmm. you know that like the PTA like puts on across the country and I think I saw like a Cindy Sherman photo that I loved and I wanted to like emulate that as a third grader Mm -hmm. and I did and then I I won the whole I won the whole thing the contest oh how nice and the only photo in the entire house that's like one of ours because people come in and they're like there's no family pictures in here like there's small (laughs) photos like my parents have in their room and I have small photos in our room but like any art displayed is not mine it's not any of theirs you know it's they collect it's artists but the only one is is that photo that's outside my bedroom my dad always loves to show people that one he's like this is the only this is the only photo hanging on these walls that's one of us (laughs) 
So, <laughs> oh, why not? And art <laughs> reflections, isn't that a cool thing? You know, like as right from elementary until up until yeah. end of high school, you get to participate in that. And yeah. I always feel that just brings out the best in kids. And I'm glad you got to be a part of that. And what about your educational background? If you can talk about that and how that's coming in handy as far as what you do on a daily basis with your profession. Yeah, so I went to Emerson College in Boston. Um, it was mm-hmm. a small liberal arts school right in the heart of Boston. So I'm from I'm from Marietta, Georgia. So I really wanted to get out and do something, you know, in a city. And Boston is just an amazing college town. You meet so many people. That was the first time that I was like, exposed to people my age who were really creative and were in so many different fields like that was really eye-opening I feel that you're not taught in school that there's all of these creative fields like even now I'm still learning about all of these random jobs like especially I didn't know that there were like food stylists like that's a career path you know it's <laughs> yeah you know, I mean so, I'm learning yeah. something here yeah it's just you know there's a lot of really cool creative fields out there that you're not necessarily exposed to in a small town, you know? So I went to school for visual media arts. So I did a lot of film classes, which was awesome, but I knew that I wanted to be in photography. Um, So I got a minor in photography and I had, it was mostly shot with like film. I, it was small classes. So you really connected with the professor and it was just exciting to like present your art. I mean, that was definitely like very, a very specific aesthetic that I don't think I have anymore, which is a good thing, which is like the college, like artsy um, aesthetic. That's just Uh very like sad girl and (laughs) like very tight and, and what you think is professional, but there's so many different avenues of, of photography that you can explore. Um, Uh So my education was great. No complaints. It was awesome. Um, I had a really good time. I learned a lot. And then actually, that's how I got my current job was the old staff photographer at Bon Appetit. He went to Emerson. So we connected and um, I became the photo assistant at Bon Appetit, like right after I graduated, which Mm -hmm. was crazy because I feel very lucky that there are people still my age who don't really know what they want to do. And right out the gate, I was exposed to something that just really clicked, which is um, the food world. And Also, while my parents are art collectors, they're huge in food. Like they, Mm -hmm. I was exposed to all different restaurants. It was always like, you know, you have to try, try it once. I was very fortunate that we would travel um, to different countries and be exposed to all those different cuisines. I'm, my parents were, my parents are awesome. Like Mm -hmm. it was, I think again, at the time, like you're a kid and you see all these people doing like normal things. And you're kind of like weird because your parents are taking you, you know, not to Florida. They're taking you (laughs) to Italy. Like now it's like, of course, that's amazing. That's such a privilege. But at the time, it was just hard to like see that that was such a special thing that not everyone gets to do. Um, So my education in food, too, was really extensive my whole life just trying different restaurants my dad is an amazing cook mm-hmm. um I'm gonna brag here and I'm an amazing cook now <laughs> oh <laughs> Which, that's yeah. fantastic <laughs> yeah so 
Food is a huge part of who I am. So it's just, it's amazing that like my two interests, like growing up, my dad's interests um, is now my career, which he's like absolutely elated on. Oh, fantastic, Emma. <laughs> and I can tell, you know, no matter how you felt as a teenager, I mean, I know you felt good, but you were like kind of, oh, why am I not going to Florida? Yeah. But I'm going elsewhere, like, you know, unlike yeah. different people or exploring so much food. Exactly. But I can tell right in front of me here, I'm able to see on camera a very happy millennial and <laughs> yeah. kudos to your parents. And yeah, they did it's good just, job. oh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I can tell. And I'm just very, very happy to say here that uh, your work has been featured on the cover in Bon Appetit. And uh, uh, it just seems like all of your experience and the travel worldwide and your involvement with places and food, you know, has just kind of made you like a well-rounded person as such. And what's your current involvement like an area of interest? Um, so specifically, I it, it changes because when I first started, I I was the assistant, but I also was like, I shoot. I love to shoot. That's like my main goal here. I made that really clear to my employers. And um, luckily, a photo editor was like, okay, sure, you can go shoot this thing for Healthish, which is one of our websites. Um, and I became like the portrait photographer. Like I loved portraits. That's what I did like in college. Um, and I, I, for Healthish specifically, it was basically shooting women in food, which was so cool because I would you know, for a whole work day, I would get to go to someone's home and just speak to them and connect with them and then take a picture and then see it on a website. Uh -huh. So that was really awesome. So I still love doing portraits. I feel like when before the pandemic, I loved shooting at restaurants, like there's just uh -huh. so much energy. I loved hanging out with chefs and interacting um, with people who are eating and are curious of what you're doing. I thought that was so cool. And just the fast paced um, kitchen was always really exhilarating. So I love doing that. I have not done that in a year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Unfortunately, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't blame you. <laughs> I've not done that really um, in a year. And then I feel like when I first started, I was like, I don't really like studio photography that much. It just seemed really intimidating to me. And I didn't, didn't really want to like face that challenge. But the more I was on set and the more I learned about it, I was like, this isn't scary. I can just do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. And so now I love doing um, studio photography. And I also, as a visuals editor, I really was hands-on. So as a visuals editor, you learn what looks good. So if you're shooting like a pasta dish, and you see this one specific noodle that just doesn't look right, you need to be like to the food stylist, can you take this noodle out? And then, you know, you get a, a better shot. I don't know why it's, it's very nuanced. You learn it, you know, it's, you learn it by physically being there. Like I can't explain it. Mm -hmm. um, so that was, that was really helpful as I started to transition to being a full-time photographer, food photographer, because it's important that you know, like what is going to give you a better image at the end. Okay. So yeah. you talked about visual editor. And so how does your role as visuals editor help with fulfilling your client expectations better? And I know you also mm -hmm. do, um, other than photography or food, you also do like things and places and mm -hmm. portraiture and all of that, right? So 
Yeah. So as a visual editor, you're you're the one who's kind of directing the set. And that means also too, like, because I, I, I've started off doing smaller web shoots where you don't necessarily have a prop status. You have to use what what we have. We had a bitty, we had a pretty big like selection, um, but still it was fun to like mix and match and figure out what works and what doesn't work. And I apply that now to um, any shoot that I'm on, knowing like how mm-hmm. to, it's just a very helpful skill to when you don't have a prop stylist who they're really irreplaceable. Prop stylists are amazing. And mm-hmm. it's like the, it's the hardest job of the whole set. Um, I think, well, a food stylist too, but <laughs> prop stylist, like there's a lot of physical interaction with, mm-hmm. you know, um, carrying things and packing things up. It's a hard job, but mm-hmm. it's just fun to know what looks, what looks right. What looks good. Like, for example, I was shooting last week, we had to do step-by-steps for this like zucchini bread cake. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, no one was there. It was just me and my food stylist. And, you know, I had to prop it while making it look like a kitchen, which is hard to do. Mm-hmm. You can't just throw like, at least step on a petite, we don't just throw like a, an ingredient on the surface. It needs to look like it was used. So I took a carton of eggs that I knew I was going to peek in and I cracked a few of them open because it was in the recipe. I think you used three eggs and I peeked that in mm-hmm. and it looked great. Or I think it was, there was a zest of one lemon and I peeked that in and that looked great. So it's just fun to like mix and match. And I think that really helps with my clients that you don't just get a photographer, you get someone who can make the image better. And I think a lot of companies now um, at least who I work with, really are looking for an image that looks realistic. I think that's the whole mm-hmm. Bon Appetit style where it looks like you could cook it. And that's pretty much, you know, I think we finesse it a little better than a home cook would, I, I hope. But still, mm-hmm. it looks realistic and achievable. And I think a lot of brands are are looking for that. Oh, absolutely. I think for me, um, from a consumer end, you know, say, as a person sitting at home and if I were to browse through a magazine, you know, like first I think it's the visual appeal that matters, right? You yeah. first eat with your eyes and then, you know, you physically want to make it and then, you know, you want to devour that food. But uh, yeah, what you said makes uh, total sense there. What is it that clients look for, you think, when they approach you? And do you like stepping out of your comfort zone? Have you ever had to do it? It's definitely a hard thing to do to step out of your comfort zone. Like I feel like this is my my job. So it, it gets very easy to like go with the flow. I mean, you look at trends like Instagram. I have a mm-hmm. whole saved like folder. You know, I think that photos, no one can miraculously come up with an image. Like there are, mm-hmm. you look at tons of images, especially now where, you know, all day long, I'm just looking at my phone. I'm not, I know I'm not the only one who does this. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I feel like stepping out of your comfort zone is really hard. Um, I feel like I get streaks of inspiration, of curiosity, of moving a light here, seeing what will happen. How can I make this look more, you know, like a specific time of day? Um mm-hmm. But I think that there is an evolution and I can see it even if I look back at like a years of work. Um, I'm not, my work hasn't been stagnant. It always is changing. Uh So I think that it's not more of like a one moment of like, oh, you push yourself out of this comfort zone and you have created something all new. Like I don't, I think it happens in, in smaller bursts. 
than Mm -hmm. just one moment of like genius. You know, I think it, Mm -hmm. it happens Mm -hmm. gradually. Um, Okay. Yeah. And I think uh, even earlier you mentioned, right, you know, like uh, from being a visuals editor to, you know, like working on the set and things like that, you know, that also I think was your first step to having to come out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. because, you know, you just wanted to be out and about doing stuff, but, you know, you were on a set and that seems like a huge learning experience. And right there, you know, I think you have proved that you are comfortable, you know, having to do something out of the box. What about seasonal photography, Emma? When it comes to outdoor photography, what energizes you the most? Yeah, so this is funny you bring this up because actually next week I'm doing like a full summer shoot that's outdoors. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I always really enjoy doing that. The light is is different um, when you mix natural light and, and artificial. And I really like the look of that. And that's kind of like the only way that I've been able to achieve a a specific look. Um, for example, I did a lot of work with my friend Ellie. Um, she has this floral brand in Miami called Calma and we did a ton of work, um, outside in her backyard in Miami. And it was so cool because you have like these natural shadows and reflections. Um, So I really love going outdoors. I think that I started off doing most of my portraits outdoors with with natural Mm -hmm. light. Um, And sometimes that's still necessary. I really like doing that. I think that it's it's simple and and beautiful. There's nothing like Mm it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, as far as the seasons, is there like a different uh, perspective uh, that, you know, you you feel, you know, it brings to the dynamics and obviously each season is different, but is there one that's your favorite more than the other? I would say like spring and summer, just because there's longer days. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not as stressful as a winter day um, and not as unpleasant as being outside. But I also will say that there's nothing like California light. Like we would always mm-hmm. go out there and do shoots because there's just nothing like it. I don't know. It's just a lot warmer um, than mm-hmm. the East Coast. So I'm a, I'm a West Coast lighting gal. If I could go to L.A. and shoot, I would. Okay. What about autumn? Um, I feel like you could still get a lot of nice light. I don't know. I feel like spring and summer, I'm, I'm very gung-ho about. In winter, I'm like, not really. Um. But I can't think of any like fall outdoor shoots that would differ okay. that much. Yeah. Okay. But aside from the light, you know, does the color, the fall leaves and all of that, yeah. you know, does it, does it just, you know, bring or help portray a different Emma Fishman to the <laughs> world? I don't know about that, but I definitely, one photo comes to mind. I forgot her. It was a Broadway actress, I believe. And we did Mm -hmm. a shoot in Central Park in the fall. And there's nothing like that. We're all, you know, like the East Coast in, in the fall is, is really beautiful. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was great. And all the colors, I think it like happened to work with her coat that she wore. It was a really nice photo. So that, Mm -hmm. that specifically, yes, fall was good. Okay. So Am I hearing that, you know, like personal portraiture is kind of your, um, that's where your heart and mind is. Although, you know, you do focus and you do a lot with food. You do a lot with 
photographing other things uh, like you know like uh, say someone has like a boutique you know you just want to put their uh, uh, work up and um, things like that but what about nature uh, is that like uh, something that you wish you would do more of no i feel like that was very clear like even when i was in college i was like i am not ansel adams i don't i i have never found that much inspiration from nature not to say that like i don't i love doing outdoor shoots like we just talked mm-hmm. about um so i feel like that's where i really get inspired by and and also like i said um lighting like mm-hmm. specifically california which you know that counts as nature so i do i do enjoy doing um that but specifically like nature photography i feel like i never never got into okay and as a professional photographer how do you feel when it comes to photography in your personal life do you feel the same kind of enthusiasm do you shy away from the camera <laughs> and i already heard you say there's very little of family pictures in the house yeah <laughs> well i feel like i am my little sister's instagram photographer so i feel like i i started to hate it because everyone would be like can you you're the photographer in the family can you take the the group photo i'd be like sure <laughs> i guess you know i'm off the clock but um i do i i haven't done it in a while um just because i'm not going anywhere or doing anything but i loved instagram so much mm-hmm. like because it was mm-hmm. just so fun like you when i used to go to restaurants it would just be so fun to like take a photo of you know the half eaten food when you're at your friends mm-hmm. at a cafe and the light is nice and the drinks are flowing and it it doesn't you know it looks lived in because it is so i i loved instagram i don't know maybe i'll pick it up post pandemic again but mm-hmm. for now i'm like eh. <laughs> <laughs> well we all have a bucket list of to do things post pandemic right and, yes <laughs> and if only someone can put a calendar to it as to when it land yes. that would be great <laughs> long list <laughs> uh, so emma what are some aspects to focus on when someone takes a picture say i want to take a picture What is it that from an education standpoint you would tell me to focus? Yeah, so I feel like the most important to me, like if we're talking about taking a photo of a person, would be the background. Mm-hmm. Like to make sure it it's a nice background. Like that that makes sense. Um and I also mm-hmm. feel like this might be specific to me, but I'm very big about straight lines. So I feel like there's so many occasions where someone takes a photo of me and I I see it and like the the lines in the back are crooked. I'm like you, uh-huh. you have to line it up and then it will look <laughs> nice. Like you got to line it up. Um my dad like loves to take photos like this where it's like at a you know at a crazy angle with your phone. Um don't do that. Mm-hmm. The straight on is nice. Um also make sure I always make sure that like if I'm I, if I'm the one taking the photo, the sun should be behind me going on mm-hmm. to the person. Um but there's really no wrong way to do it like that i feel like that's the a positive of everyone having a cell phone now it's kind of cool that everyone like can be a photographer um i don't think it oh, makes yeah. i don't think it makes my life any harder like as a professional photographer because there's things that people with an iphone can't do you know there's restrictions there but 
think it's cool that, I mean, I go on my phone and I look back to all the millions of photos that I've taken and some of them are really artful and some of them are terrible. Back in a moment with our guest on Fresh Leaf Forever. So you talked about people taking pictures with their phone. What about, um, I guess two things come to my mind. One, we live in a digitized world and all of us are clicking away. So are we missing the essence of being able to capture a picture the right way? And the other thing that comes to my mind is equipment. How important is equipment then? The different kind of lenses and things like that versus what someone is able to do even with a very best phone in hand. Yeah, so I feel like everyone has their own point of view. Like if there's mm-hmm. two people next to each other, they're going to take a photo in different ways. And that's just how you view the world. And I think that's really an amazing thing that, you know, that's the great thing about life. Is everyone yeah, everyone sees it a different way. And I think that's a really cool thing about everyone having their own phones and being their own photographer. Um, and then your second question was equipment. Um, Yes. Equipment is really important for me, specifically in the studio. Um, I like, I have a specific setup that I like um, and it works great for me, but it also, you know, you can do way more than me and you can do way less than me. Like I've taken Mm -hmm. so many photos of food outside with no light. Um, Mm-hmm. I feel like the most important process for me is the editing process. I use a program called Capture One, and that to me is the most essential because it gives me a ton of control over um, specific settings that make my images look like mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's so much you can do uh, with editing um, that's probably you know going to magnify the look of a certain image, correct? Yeah. And even like for Instagram, Visco, I love. um, Mm -hmm. And that's a really important tool for me on my phone. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. What about candid shots? Uh, Say, how can someone, some people, you know, really capture it nicely. Some people still, you know, try to, but, you know, probably we are not as successful as we would like uh, for us to be. So do you have anything to say on that? Any tips for people? I think that what I have found works best is just getting to know the person, making them feel comfortable, especially when I would photograph women. Like it's almost everyone feels self-conscious when someone is Mm -hmm. taking photos of them that's going to be somewhere. It's it's not a comfortable experience to put someone through. Mm -hmm. It's very rare that someone's like, I love being in front of the camera. (laughs) Um, that doesn't happen very often. So I feel like just making them comfortable, um, and speaking to them and making sure that it, it, it's a flattering image. Um, usually it's successful, makes a good photo. Okay. What about kids having talked about women? Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) What about kids and what about family pictures? You know, do you think as a unit, say when, Men, women, and children have to come together. <laughs> I feel like kids are so fidgety and always like 
their hands are everywhere, touching everything. I feel like you just have to shoot through that and hope that there's mm-hmm. a good, good image in there. There's always going to be a good image. You just have to keep, you know, keep going. It's not ever mm-hmm. like a one and done situation. It's, mm-hmm. it's a, you know, especially with, especially with little kids, you just have to keep going okay. and keep at it <laughs> until <laughs> so everyone's eyes even are open. But- <laughs> oh, tell me about it. <laughs> there are pictures, you know, like we uh, uh, celebrated my husband's birthday last week in the family. And, uh, you know, like, okay, obviously we take pictures with the phone, right? You yeah. Know, sitting at the table and celebrating inside the house. And yeah, little did we realize after the fact that, okay, <laughs> there are certain pictures where the eyes are closed and, and it happened to be the birthday boy. So <laughs> that's not fun. And what energizes you, Emma, every day to be able to do this over and over again? That's a great question. Um, some days are better than others. I feel like what I didn't expect with this job was the amount of stamina you needed because it's mm-hmm. it can be really long shoot days um and that's that's harder than it sounds there's a lot going on there's a lot you have to focus on a lot of responsibility and i think that there are some weeks where i'm like how do i keep going but i always seem to mm-hmm. keep going um and i guess i would say you know a lot of people don't they think that my my job is very glamorous, which there are parts mm-hmm. of glamour. Like when I first started, I got to go to Lake Como for like two weeks, like right mm-hmm. when I first started. I was like, it's uh-huh. I was like, it's never going to get better than this, which honestly it, it didn't. <laughs> but I feel like there people are like, you must you go shoot all these fancy restaurants and you do this. And the reality of it is some days I'm shooting clogs and mm-hmm. weird products. And mm-hmm. other days I'm shooting on the floor of restaurants where everyone's yelling at me and I'm in the way. Like it's not, mm-hmm. it's not, some, some days are better than others, but then there are days where you finish and you're exhausted and you look back at the film and you're like, this looks really good. Like last week mm-hmm. um, we were shooting and I was like, wow, this looks really good. We did a great job. This, this looks great. Food looks great. Mm-hmm. The props are great. The lighting's great. And so I think that's what keeps me going is not the days where I'm getting yelled at on the floor, but the days where you stand back and you're like, I did a good job. This looks great. Mm -hmm. Awesome. But what about temperament then for an individual? How significant is that? That's hard. I mean, I think so as a photo editor, I was on sets with a lot of different people and managing those expectations and all of those different people was a really important skill, but it was a hard skill. Like, for example, we we had these crazy Thanksgiving shoots where it was like so many different schedules, so many different editors, so many different, you know, photographers. There were three different food stylists. Like mm-hmm. dealing with all of those people and all of their expectations is a really hard thing to do. And I also feel like I've learned that women are given a lot less leeway than men in this industry. Mm-hmm. Like I've worked with people who are childish and and demanding. And, you know, I don't think I've ever come across a woman photographer who who's like that, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I've never come across a woman who is disrespectful or, you know, harsh or aggressive in any way and I think it's because we're not we're not given that you know 
space to do mm-hmm. that. Not that I would ever mm-hmm. do that, but you know, it's it's a little unbalanced there. Um, well, I think as a society, we all need to, I think, revisit that aspect. And yeah. uh, I think living in America, we all think, or the outside world tends to think, oh, America is so progressive or you know, world no. over, the Western <laughs> world is so progressive, but it's not, no. you know, like when I was like you, um, or probably slightly younger than you, at least up until college, I was living in India and that's where I grew up. And it's been over two decades for me here in the States. I have seen different sides of life here and, uh, it's just very interesting, but every day is a learning journey. That's what I tell myself. And I just learn to cope with things and I move on. Uh, but I think some people face it more than others. And I think as a society, we just need to definitely um, go a long way um, yeah. world over on that aspect. And I'm glad you talked about it. So to be successful, Emma, as a photographer and make a living out of doing it, what should students go after? What is it that they need to focus on? Say if someone thinks, hey, you know, I want to be like Emma and that's what I want to do because I'm passionate about it. And say there may be another kid in school that has done so well in art reflections and um, and wants to be in visual media. What is your message to them? So I've actually been talking to a ton of college kids who have been reaching out. And I feel like everyone kind of asks the same questions, which is great. And I'm I'm happy to help. Mm-hmm. I mean, it still feels weird. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And it's funny that these kids think I do. Um, but I feel like I always give the advice of, I wish that someone had told me that no adult really knows what they're doing. Like I got in, I got into my job and I was like, wow, all these people are really just faking it till they make it. And, and you obviously learn about your field, but at the end of the day, everyone has insecurities and, mm. and, you know, their own issues that they bring to the table. And I think that there's this expectation on younger kids that they need to have everything figured out when they go into their job and they need to have this level of like perfection in order to grow. And that's just not true. Like you need to ask questions. You need to explore. I I asked so many questions and I made sure to, you know, ask those questions, get the answer and then not ask them again unless I, you know, was really having trouble with something just so that I could show my superiors that I could handle, you know, day-to-day tasks on my own and mm-hmm. and that I was interested and engaged with with learning. Um mm-hmm. so that's what I would would say to college kids and also I think hands-on experience is really important. Like, I think that YouTube is a great um, tool. I would be nowhere mm-hmm. without YouTube, but also just just being somewhere and shooting and trying things and failing is the whole point. That's how you get mm-hmm. get better and figure yourself mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. So visual media, as far as, say, the curriculum that they need to go after from an academia standpoint, that's the one that one should go after and pursue, right? To be able to do something at a professional level. I'm not sure. I honest, I feel like I've been having a lot of questions about education lately and education in this country and art school. Like I was fortunate enough to, to go and to pay for that. But I don't, I don't know if it's really necessary because I know a ton of really successful photographers who didn't go to school for that and 
Mm-hmm. Um, started as photo assistants for really big photographers and then, you know, kind of got more jobs, more connections. This industry is very small, especially when it gets to food. It's a really, really, everyone knows everyone. Um, and you can get a lot of connections through that. Okay, perfect. And I'm glad you pointed out that, you know, it's not necessary for someone to literally focus on it right when they are in college but they can still pursue it and and uh, that's a good aspect that we discussed what about building a brand or business out of someone's interest in photography and you do as i understand you do freelance other than your day job correct yeah when i i think i'm very at the beginning i wasn't very particular about it and now i think i've i've become more um, as my schedule is filled up, I'm very, you know, particular about what I take on and what I don't. I think that was really hard at mm-hmm. first. Like I wanted to say yes to everything. You don't have to say yes to everything. It's okay. Um, I'm, I'm still trying to build my brand and figure out who I am. So I don't know if I have the best advice, but I think just posting on Instagram, I know I'm bringing this up again, really helped helped me and mm-hmm. which is weird because it's social media but it was really fun to play around and then you know I kind of I got a decent following I don't know why but it, mm-hmm. it I think that social media is really amazing in that way um and especially now too like TikTok which I don't I don't film TikToks I just spend mm-hmm. hours on it scrolling but I've seen a lot of people and a lot of like you know a lot of photographers be like this is what I do in a day and it gets like millions of likes like I think that people Mm -hmm. are interested in that and especially today with young people who are you know I have a sister who's 21 and she it makes me feel old because she knows how like all of that works I'm like wait what you're making like a TikTok that way like you know I was in the vine error um but I think that like I I put a lot of effort into my website I usually update it once a month um, with new work. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. And like I said before, connections are also really important. Um, even if someone, you know, a, an opportunity falls, um, falls apart, or, you know, it doesn't work out. Just having that, that person that you spoke to and keeping in touch with them, maybe something will pan out in a year or two years, mm-hmm. you never know. Okay, so keep it fresh as far as whatever you do in terms of portraying your work and then uh, the connections. I think that's definitely a very good point that you brought up. What has been the most enjoyable aspect for you in your journey and what about challenges that you have faced? I think the most enjoyable part, which I've definitely been missing in the pandemic, is the people. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that a great part about this job is that at least on our sets, you try not to have an ego because if you think that you're right and what you're doing is the only way, it's not going to look good. Like it's great to interact with people and to hear their ideas because they don't see the world that you, like you do. And I think, um, you know, my creative director, Michelle is incredible and she always mm-hmm. comes up with I'm like, well, why don't we do it this way? And she's like, no, we're going to do it this way. And it's like way cooler. And, um, and it turns out looking better. Or sometimes I'll be like, what if we do this? And she's like, great idea, you know, and it's just working with people is a really, really fun thing that I've been missing a lot. 
um, which I'm hopefully getting back to soon once I'm fully vaccinated. Um, but it it's not just one person. Every photo that you see, it's not just one person. It's multiple people coming up with something, giving their input. And I think that's a really cool thing about my job. Um, as far as challenges, I think that the most challenges I face are within myself. So definitely imposter syndrome is really mm -hmm. hard. Um, especially when you see all these big photographers with all these like huge setups and, you know, eight assistants, it's hard to feel like I fit in like with that mm -hmm. because I don't have any assistants and I have like two lights, maybe <laughs> like it's, it's definitely hard to be like, am I doing this right? But again, I don't think there's a right way. I think that it's good to be you know, technically experienced, that's important. Mm -hmm. But it took me a while to be like, well, maybe I'm just not that interested. Maybe this isn't the way I want to do it. Maybe I want to have a more simple setup. And that's okay. And even now, there are days where I'm like, am I doing this right? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I think that being okay with not having it figured out and being okay with um, feeling that little bit of imposter syndrome is sometimes a good thing. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't, I think I'm very, um, I think that sometimes I'm a little too humble where I'm like, no, I can't take a compliment or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of challenges with being a female photographer and I'm, and coming to terms with that and not feeling anger, um, and resentment is, is hard, but it's, it's a useless feeling. It's not going to get you anywhere feeling that um that resentment so having said what you did emma over there uh would you also call that as some of the common misconceptions uh that people you know experience yeah i think too what i touched on earlier of like the glamour of the job um mm -hmm. is a really big one because when you think about it people are like oh you eat and take photos of it and they're like, that's really cool. Um, but uh -huh. there's a lot more that goes into it, a lot more stress and and physical labor. Um, I think that too is is a really big part of it. Um, uh -huh. I think that would be my biggest misconception is the, the glamour. It's not glamorous. Do you think <laughs> do you think people also um have a wrong perception as far as the hours and the time that you put into your work? Yeah. So during the pandemic, my hours have been a lot kinder. Um, mm -hmm. But before the pandemic, I was working crazy hours and I, I liked it. Like mm -hmm. I was in New York, so it was exciting to have this like mm -hmm. big job. But I feel like a big realization in the pandemic is there's no, the glamorization of that, you know, grind life is, uh -huh. is toxic. Um, and so I think that trying to take a little bit more space of personal versus work life is really important. Uh -huh. Okay. Um, when it comes to photography as a visual art, um, where do you draw inspiration from and how do you think you want to inspire people with what you do? I think that I draw a lot of inspiration from 
textures and colors. I think that I've always been really interested in different surfaces. Um, mm-hmm. And also I'm, I'm a huge ceramic girl. So I'll work any ceramic into a photo. <laughs> I find a lot of inspiration mm-hmm. through that. But also, you know, other people's work. I, I'm really inspired when I'm just scrolling on my phone <laughs> and seeing, mm-hmm. um, like I said before, there's not, everyone is inspired by everyone's work. And that's how it mm-hmm. kind of, you know, moves forward and progresses. I think that it's very easy to spot a trend that isn't going to stay. Like, I think that when every brand you see kind of looks the same, that's when you know there's going to start to be a new shift in in visual imagery. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. As far as um, your contact information, I know you're into freelancing as well. Um, would you like for people to know a little bit more about you and is there something you would like to share here your website or anything okay it's emma-fishman.com that's my website I always update it um, and all of my information is on there and then my Instagram is Emma Fishman super easy (laughs) okay perfect that was such a fun conversation Emma and I look forward to seeing more of your work and enjoying more of it. And I'm sure the listeners would too. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Good luck with everything you do. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Stay safe. Before I sign off, folks, let me remind you to send me your feedback and keep enjoying the podcast. I will see you back again next week with yet another guest and yet another interesting topic. Until then, it's why saying so long. <music>